You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Claret and Blue podcast. We've got a couple of special guests for you today. I'm going to give them a massive plug to start with. So we've got Colin Abbott, Villa fan stroke, club historian stroke, all round good bloke. And we've got Dave Lane, who's the publisher of this book from Legends Publishing. So just want to talk you through, talk, get you guys to talk us through the, the concept behind the book, first of all. Shall I come to you first, Dave, just to, um, I know you've done, done Villa books before, and I presume the fact that you've done another one in time for Christmas suggests that there's mm. definitely an audience for it. Well, yeah, I've worked with um, Colin um, and, and, and John Farrelly on the, uh, the big, big um, Villa book of the 70s, which came out four years ago, um, which was a, a, another huge uh, project. It's 420-odd pages of uh, everything to do with Aston Villa through the through the whole decade of the 70s. These books take a long time to put together. And uh, on, on the back of the, the 70s book, we obviously wanted to continue because you know the, the feedback we had was just so positive. The launch we had at, uh, at Villa Park with with the players that Colin arranged from the 70s, just seeing them mix with, with the fans from that era. Um, God, that seems a long time ago, fans mixing with players in a football ground. But, um, yeah, so we, we, we thought about doing the 80s book, um, but then obviously in, in our minds on the, on, the, on the radar, just coming into view was the, the 150 years of, of Aston Villa, which, which takes place in 2024. And... Um, the, because of the, the size of the projects and the, the amount of memorabilia um, and um, just the amount of amazing stories that Villa have from right at the very beginning, um, they were they were sort of the one of the biggest clubs in the world almost immediately. Um, the amount of uh, material and um, the, the, the way the, the, the society was at the time and how Aston Villa was important even then to the area, um, it, we were just finding gold dust everywhere we looked. So uh, the book all of a sudden became almost too big for one volume. So uh, Colin had the, the great idea of, of splitting it um, and, and bringing out the first 75 years um, kind of ASA, ASAP, and ASAP takes three years. Um, and then the second um, instalment will come, you know, on, on the eve of the actual 150 years in a, in, a, in a couple of years' time. So, yeah, that that was kind of like the gestation of it. But really, you know, it was just this, a mammoth task um, from from Colin and, and John and John Russell's perspective in terms of sort of collating and going back and finding information that hadn't been in the public domain since since then, really, since the, the 1870s. Um, and then from my perspective, putting it together, designing it and, and, and putting it in a format where every page that you turn, you, you find a bit of gold dust. So, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a publisher, it's been an immense, um, immense, immensely proud journey for me, too. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Colin, I'll tell you a bit more about his his kind of uh, his journey. But it's, it's something that, as as I just said, I'm, we're, we're all very proud to be a part of. I've got volume one in front of me and I can barely lift it. It's a real labour of this, isn't it, for you? You know, I oh, can imagine it kind of devotes every every moment to your waking hours, doesn't it? Even when I'm asleep, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I, can't, I just can't turn off. The amount of information out there that I'd never seen before, and if I hadn't seen it, there was a good chance that a lot of people out there hadn't seen it. The initial research, just for the introduction, I found that I couldn't put it all in the book, but I can remember finding there were six teams that 
carried the name Aston and they played on Aston Park or the lower grounds. There was Aston Park Unity, which everybody's heard of. It was a team that the Villa played regular. There was the Aston Brook St Mary's, which was, as everyone knows, was the rugby team. There was an Aston Hawthorne, believe it or not. There was an Aston Manor football team. There was an Aston Old Edwardian. And they actually had the Prime Minister, Lord Rosebery, become their president. He paid £5 for that honour. It, it was just crazy, the stuff that you could unearth. What do we include and what do we leave out? Because, like I say, there was just so much. I've got Peter Morris's book in the bookshelf there, Matt. The Hundred Years. Now, I was talking to somebody just recently and I mentioned that I got that book as a 10-year-old. It was under the Christmas tree. I knew what it was because I'd already had a bit of the paper off the back. And I got it. As soon as that was given to me, I wasn't interested in the rest of the presents. I was upstairs and I read it from cover to cover and nearly all of it stuck. Yeah. And one of the things that I can remember in that, I never ever knew until we were compiling this book, the Villa's very first journey into the FA Cup, we scratched against Oxford University. And I saw where people said that Villa weren't, strong enough to take Oxford on. The true reasoning behind it, it was more political than anything. Oxford University in the last round had beaten a team called Birmingham Cricket and Football Club. And they'd actually used two players that were registered to a team up in Leeds. And Aston Villa thought it was immoral to play a side who'd sort of cheated to get to where they had. So for that reason, Aston Villa scratched and didn't play Oxford University. So people are able to find more information now than they could when Peter wrote his book. So I dare say anybody who's got the, the determination and the grit to find these things, it, it's there for you. You just got to know where to look. And if it's not under this stone and it's not under that stone, you've got to keep turning the stones until you find them. I was just going to say on that, I mean, Dave, you've assembled quite quite an A-team, really, haven't you, in terms of these kind of people who are willing to turn over these stones. You've got Colin Abbott, you've got John Farrelly, and you've got John Russell. Between the three of them, not casting any aspersions on your age, Mr Abbott, but between, between the three of them, there's a, a fair bit of experience and kind of villa knowledge even before they start going on this mad search, isn't there? Yeah, it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure just to... To, to kind of feed off of their um, their, their their knowledge, um, and they've and, and as Colin sort of alluded to there, the most exciting thing really has been seeing these people that kind of have been Villa historians, anoraks, whatever you want to call it, over the years. They they're find they're finding out stuff, and what we wanted to do, we were very clear from the very onset. We didn't want to regurgitate um, too much of what was already been put into these brilliant books that have come out before us. You know, this we're, we're lucky, as, as Colin said, to be in a digital age and an, and an age where kind of information and archives and libraries are so much e more easily accessible than they ever have been. Um, and obviously the printing technology and what I am able to do print wise and reproduction wise with and, 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 and re repairing wise of old photographs. It's, you know, these pictures have never looked like this ever. Um, the, you know, the old print technology would have been just full of dots. Now you're looking at photographs. Um, and we, we were also keen to, to make this book uh, of interest to, to people of all eras. So you don't have to be into your kind of 
you know, 150 year old history. You haven't got to be into that Victorian era to, to, to get something massive out of this book. You know, it's, as I said, every page, um, you, I'm, I'm finding stuff that makes me smile, makes me, makes me laugh, stuff that's hugely moving as well. Um, you know, and just seeing young men, um, playing for, for, for the biggest club in, in Birmingham, obviously, and the biggest club in England, arguably. Um, men that have, you know, long gone um, and you see them in their prime here. So, you know, uh, on every level, I, I'd say there's something very special about this. And I, as I said, 420 pages, two kilos of book here. Um, and it's something that every every Villa fan, however old you are, you're going to adore it. What are the logistics been in terms of how do you even begin to, to search these, these kind of things? Dave's got access to an internet site where... You can trawl through the records from the newspapers. These newspapers go back to like the 1600s. Dave touched on, we didn't want to regurgitate what's been put in the other books. It's it's a history of Aston Villa. It's in chronological order. We basically amassed as much information as we could on each year. And then it was like sorting the wheat from the chaff. I've got every book on Aston Villa on my shelves in there. I can pick up one. I can read the a second one and read the third one, and I don't learn anything different from having read the first two. And I said to Dave, what I like to do is if somebody picks up something that I've been associated with, I like to give them that wow factor where they'll look and think, oh, didn't know that. And if I didn't know it, like I say, there's a good chance that there's a lot of people out there that, that won't. There are some anoraks out there that do. <laughs> and I include myself as an anorak, but uh, the internet was the place to go. I didn't want to take stuff from programs or from anything that I've that I've got at hand because if I've got it at hand, other people have. So it was a case of just looking in the unlikely places. I was in touch with a gentleman from Scotland who knew an awful lot about the characters Lindsay, the two Lindsay brothers who came down. They were ironmongers. They originated from a little tiny place north of Inverness. It, it just leads on. You, you talk to somebody and he knows somebody who knows something and you go to them and it's just, honestly, it's ju you're just chasing your tail half the time because there's just no stopping. Obviously, the book of the 70s, the Villa book of the 70s, and this one, they're kind of, I suppose, what you call kind of coffee table books. Do you think it kind of lends itself to that kind of format? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a landscape format that I've, I've part of my sort of uh, template now, because mainly because uh, photographs were taken that way. Um, and what I, what I found with football books um, I used to buy before I started publishing was the, they got they were too overly designed and they were kind of like a beautiful photograph was cropped just to make it fit um, the, the 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 portrait size so landscape um, you know where the you know it's wider than it is tall most photographs are taken that way so you're you're able to use the whole page to to, to show off what is you know what were beautiful photographs you know the photographers of these eras were 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 artists you know they were working um, with very primitive um, equipment um, trying to catch a moving game um, with you know big 
big black hood over their heads and sort of like you know looking through a little bit more than a you know a cardboard box trying to trying to capture some you know a beautifully composed and um well-defined image so you know um yeah the 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 landscape um format is something i really think works with with these the photographs and and it gives gives someone the ability to kind of like turn over a big wide page and you you can get a lot more content there um so yeah I, I, everyone that's everyone that's received the advanced copies of it has just been kind of blown away by it um we've, you know we've sold a lot more copies of the this book than we have of the 70s book already um but so so there's a lot a lot of new villa fans kind of stumbling across what we've what we've been doing and they've just been you know some of the comments are just kind of just again made me feel so proud just like you know every page literally they they say it's, it's just like it's 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 a wonder they don't know what's going to come next and you know that's that for me um as, as a publisher that kind of just makes it all worthwhile do you have a favourite photo? Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I do. Can I? Can I? You know, it's, yeah, show us. It's this. So in 1890, Aston Villa for for a few years they had a, a charity match. There's a lot of charity games back then, and every, every year Villa would play the um, theatricals. theatricals. So they were they were um, singers, dancers anyone that was in the theatre and you know the song halls which there would have been you know loads around Birmingham in the in the in the sort of Victorian era. So they play this game every year. It's the the team, the villa team in their bowler hats, you can probably see on the third row back. And then the theatricals are kind of on the floor at the big, all in fancy dress, and they they played in fancy dress, and and you realise at the time, you know, in fancy dress there was no Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and there was no even Father Christmas at, at the time, not like we know it, you know. So you've got a dog, and a, and a lot of men dressed as women, strangely, um, and you know the mayor, and you know a naughty a naughty boy, and a stout mayor, and, and stuff like that. So. You know, and these games weren't—they weren't—they weren't always played in the spirit you would have thought. And there was a, there was a there was a pretty much a riot that happened one one game where um, an ele- an elephant, a real elephant, came onto the pitch, and the the, the the Villa fans weren't happy about it. Putting you on the spot, probably a bit here, Colin, because I know these informed page book. There's going to be plenty of stories for people to kind of enjoy. But was the one is the one that sticks out in your mind a new story that 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 your research Wow. There was a young lad, 19-year-old, sent a postcard from the front line. This was... He's in a trench in, at the First World War. And this was this was within a matter of a couple of weeks of when they had this the Armistice Day where the, the English and the Germans played football on no man's land. And within a few weeks of that, there's a lad sitting in a trench writing a postcard to Aston Villa asking for footballs to be sent over because there was quite a few lads who played football and he said there was a few people that there was a few lads in his battalion that followed the results of Aston Villa through a contact of Dave who gets into all the military records we managed to find out that this young lad Holbrook he got home and he married and he lived in Aston he lived in he lived back in Birmingham until he died you know, he got to seventy-eight. He, he got to seventy odd year old, and it was just—I'll be honest. It, it put me. In, it had me in tears. That to think that there's a postcard. This lad wrote it. He would never dream that anything would ever come of it. He might have got a football from Aston Villa, 
But would you would you believe that that card would appear in a, a history book on Aston Villa over a hundred years down the line? But to know that that young lad come home because thousands didn't, you know, even now I can feel the hairs on my arms standing up. It's 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 quite surreal to be honest. That was one of the that's probably one that that's probably the standout for me in the book. Just the, this lad in America, his name is Brian Asquith. I owe him a huge debt of gratitude for letting us use that. I don't know how he come about it. I don't know where that, that postcard ended up when it got to Birmingham, but it got to it got into the hands of this Brian Asquith and I think it's found its vocation. It's it's been included in something that's gonna live forever. It's amazing really how the stars have aligned, I think, for for examples like that, that you've had yourself, John Farrelly, John Russell with your energy and expertise to find these things. You've had Dave as the publisher who's kind of almost kind of giving you the keys to some of these doors to find these things. It, it, it's without sounding too worthy. It's a story that needed that, that wanted to be told, wasn't it? I think the fact that you've been able to come together to tell it. And that's uh, just one example amidst it's, it's amidst crazy. Many. We find the information. John Farrelly, he's got a collection second to none. They say too many cooks spoil the broth, but they haven't in this case because it's like we're the chefs. We took all the ingredients at Dave Lane. He just turns them into the most magical recipe that you could imagine. I should imagine when a book is published, there's normally a kind of a sigh of relief that, it, that deadlines have been met and you've got it. It's all gone through the print run. You do realise that you're actually <laughs> setting yourself up for another... Two or three years of absolute graft. It's already started, yeah. right? Yeah, he's, he's already he's already started on it. And as you say, you know, it is the end of a you know the of a of a big old journey, but it's the start of an, of another one as well. Not only in terms of producing the next volume, but obviously kind of getting get you know. Obviously, I use the word selling the book, obviously, but it's more than that. It's it's kind of sharing this this what is I you know I call something amazing with as many um, Villa fans as as is possible. You know, um, it's in it's in the club shop um, and it's available through legendspublishing.net. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's it's a shame that we can't obviously have a book launch at the moment because something like this it, it, it deserves one. We will have one, um, but you know, we need obviously fans and you know the ability to be able to kind of mix in public to kind of celebrate this. And you know, we'll be shouting from the hilltops uh, for, for 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 a long time about volume one and volume two will come. Um, you know, at the right time. Give us the sell then. If you if you've got thirty seconds uh, prime time advertising between the break on Coronation Street, and you've got a captive audience of Villa fans, go on. Tell us about how, how would you how would you kind of encourage us to part with our hard earned to uh, to get a copy of this? Well, I, I personally say that you will never ever see um, a collection of stories, history, tidbits, social history. Um, humour, sadness, uh, the memorabilia is just incredible. It's priceless, some of it. You've got gold medals and season tickets and rosettes and cup final programmes going back to the, you know, the earliest of eras. You've got postcard, you know, humorous postcards that were handed out. Um, you know, the Second World War photographs are, you know, it's the first time they've been published of when, you know, Villa are playing the Nazi Germany team with the swastikas on their shirts. Um, again, it's real sinister 
Um, uh, you've got you've got letters being sent, you've got letters sent to players inviting them to play on Saturday. Will you please let me know if you can, if we can depend on you to um, de- depend on you coming to play for us versus Birmingham at St Andrews on Wednesday next? You would of course travel up on Tuesday, just like letters from the club inviting their players that you know in nineteen twenty eight to turn up for a local derby against Birmingham. Um, Birmingham derbies before Birmingham were Birmingham, you know, um, as, and we've got, you know, most in, incredible colourised photographs in there as well, where we've had a, a handful of them, um, of the black and white pictures kind of breathed on. So they're in high definition colour now. So I, I'd say, you know, if you're stuck for a Christmas present and you certainly don't want socks again this year, <laughs> make sure someone that likes you or knows you uh, gets hold of this book, Aston Villa. The hundred first hundred and fifty years, either through the club shop or through direct through legends. You, you know you can't go far wrong. When I did the seventies book, I remember at the time saying that nobody's collated that much information on the seventies. Nobody ever before had had that much information at hand. Well, it's the same with this one. Nobody before will have ever had this information to hand. The stuff that we found out. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want people that have already bought the book to think well. He's just he's just told us that now. And if somebody had said to me back in 1975 that there'll be a 150-year book come out and your name will be one of them on there, you'll be associated with that, that would have been like signing for the villa and giving the number nine shirt. It, it means that much. I mean, seeing the book in front of me, you've certainly done a great job putting it together. And I think you've done a great job of kind of, you know, just teasing us with, with, with what's in there um, and leaving fans wanting more. So... I just want to say thank you, gents. Thanks so much for taking taking time, uh, well, taking time to to get get the volume number one out on the shelves first of all. Taking time to get volume number two in the planning stages, and good luck with it. It's brilliant. Like I said, it will be it will be on my on my bookshelves and um, on my bookshelf, and I'll, I'll definitely definitely be using it as a as a reference book because it, it, it's fascinating. You've just kind of piqued my interest a little bit more now by giving us a flavour of it. So, thanks, gents. Thanks so much for your time. Cheers, Matt. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. Up the villa.